360 degrees. Hop high, 360 degrees. Hop high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. Hop high. Go ahead, Joy. Okay, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting right here at KPFA in Hutan, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. Tonight, we're talking about the events of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol and steps that have been taken since to hold people responsible and hopefully begin a discussion on how we go forward together as a nation of diversity. That's right. And on tonight's show, we'll hear from Iraq War veteran and now Veteran for Peace, Emily Yates, as she shares some of her thoughts and concerns about last week's attack. Also tonight, we're fortunate to be joined by a special guest, Erica Pang, who teaches a graduate course at UC Berkeley entitled Interpersonal Skills and Embodied Leadership. And she is here to help guide us in a conversation about connecting with each other. And we begin, though, with a recap of efforts made towards justice since the January 6th attack and to hold people accountable for the attempted coup by uh, Trump, as Joy calls him, and many of his supporters. And finally, tonight, we'll be opening up the phone lines to connect with you, our supporting, listening audience. We are your host tonight, uh, Fribo and Franklin here, along with Joy Moore. And um, we're actually coming to you from our homes tonight, uh, Pat through the station. So keep it locked tonight for a live Full Circle on KPFA. Yeah, 
Again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We are your hosts tonight, Free Will and Franklin, and Joy Moore. And we opened the show with the classic from The Temptations, War, What Is It Good For? Absolutely nothing. And that really is a shocker when you think about it, because almost two-thirds of our uh, national budget is spent on war, oh. but I digress. As we contemplate and reflect on the experiences of the last five and a half years, <laughs> particularly the events of January 6th and, the an- and anticipate the looming future, I thought I'd share my thoughts on how we can go forward together democratically as a nation this on the commemoration of the birthday of the late great Martin Luther King. I've often heard the term justice deferred is justice denied. It's a legal maxim often used by the great Martin Luther King Jr. It means if legal redress or equitable relief to an injured party is available, but not forthcoming in a timely manner, it is effectively the same as having no justice at all. And justice is a two-edged instrument. The fact that the House of Representatives have managed to impeach Trump again is very encouraging. And I hope we'll begin a process to ferret out all enablers and participants in and outside the government. The January 6th attack on the Capitol injured all of us. We all deserve justice, and all those who are responsible, culpable, complicit, whoever aided and abetted in this attack must be held accountable as well. There are many people, including Republican lawmakers, who are saying, let's turn the page and begin to heal. There can be no healing without justice. This event is the manifestation of an old wound that has festered for most of the history of this country, beginning with the slaughter of and theft of land from the inhabitants of this place called America. Many people are also saying, oh, he only has a few days left. We don't have time. Even while online chatter clearly shows 
There are plans by some to continue violent, illegal, destructive behavior between now and the inauguration and beyond. Trump continues to stoke the hate and vitriol he's been spewing since at least Obama's presidency. What makes anyone think he'll stop now or after he leaves the White House? He and his enablers must be held accountable now. Fortunately, in the last few days, more and more people, including some Republicans and corporations, agree. Deutsche Bank and the PGA won't do business with him. New York City is canceling real estate contracts, as are many others, at least right now. Who knows what will change after the inauguration? Reportedly, FBI and other law enforcement agencies across the country have opened investigations on at least 200 people and arrested 100. Big tech has banned or limited Trump's access to media. Parler, the alt-right media site, has been hacked and booted from Amazon. The Justice Department and others are investigating the role some Capitol Police officers, military and outside law enforcement, may have played allowing insurgents access to the Capitol. And sadly, three Congress people tested positive with coronavirus after being in a room with others who refused to wear masks. At least this behavior will be checked. There are finally plans to find members and staff who don't wear them. Many ask, what's the point of an impeachment after he's out of office? Justice deferred, justice denied is the point. We must do whatever and everything we can to stop what's coming. There will be time to investigate for those who need to, although we all saw his treachery play out before our eyes. I believe the deniers are deluded psychopaths who choose to say they believe otherwise. So far, this is all a drop in the justice bucket, but it is a beginning. I'm afraid we're on the way to civil war with such great divisions among us. Going forward, we need to have honest, thoughtful, deep listening conversations with those we disagree with and seek out those who at least value the basic democratic principles like one person, one vote and no sore loser insurrections allowed. We must be united and determined to pursue and dialogue with people. We must insist our representatives use every means at their disposal to bring those responsible to justice. They all need to feel the consequences of their actions. The future of our country depends on our collective efforts to see that justice is served to the deserved. Otherwise, we face a violent, lawless future that puts all of our collective aspiration for true democracy in jeopardy. Pay attention, stay woke, raise your voice, be and stay involved. Power to the people. This has been Joy Moore for Full Circle. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 KPFA and KPFA.org. I'm Free Will and Franklin alongside Joy Moore. And you just heard my co-host, Joy Moore, and my radio mentor uh, with that commentary. Thank you, Joy. And, um, well, we know one thing that has a lot of people concerned 
is that there were many to be tired and even active duty military and law enforcement involved as the tip of the spear, so to say. And as we know, police and military support Trump and they came out in force last Wednesday. Well, uh, this Wednesday, I had a chance to connect with a friend of the show, Full Circle, Emily Yates, who happens to be an Army veteran. Emily spent the first part of her adult life serving two tours of uh, duty in Iraq as an Army public affairs minion, as she says, writing heartwarming news stories about the Iraq war to help build the morale of fellow soldiers. After getting out of the military, she learned to play the ukulele and merged her dual passion for writing and music, at the same time becoming increasingly involved with the anti-war movement. These are some of Emily's thoughts on what happened on Wednesday and what she thinks helped fuel this fire and what it might look like moving forward. My name is Emily Yates. I'm an Army veteran and an anti-war activist and a singer-songwriter and a general loudmouth against uh, militarism. And I am not surprised by what I saw at the Capitol because to me it feels like the culmination of the racism and the aggression and the entitlement that has been bubbling under the surface of this nation for a long time and which this current president has emboldened to come out to the surface. I see it like the popping of a national pimple under previous administrations. All of the policies that have been made under both colors of of administrations have led to the system we have today that isn't taking care of most of the people in this country. I see what happened at the Capitol as first, not only going back to the beginning of this presidency, but going back even further. I mean, we can make a stop about 20 years ago at the beginning of the so-called war on terror, and which point our government created enemies out of all the Arabs in this nation. Uh, We could also just kind of keep going back further and further and further in every era of history we would land on. We would find struggles of people who've been targeted in this country, black people, brown people, immigrants, at the hands of the white wealthy males who have always put themselves first. what we're seeing right now is the covers being pulled off of the national bed in which there is a big old nasty mess that's always been there. And that is been playing out. We've been seeing all of these sociopathic policies being played out under both colors of administration for so long. And now with the pandemic, and with the bombardment of our media with an angry man-child and his absolute lies, we've been seeing all of the politicians on both sides of the aisle giving legitimacy to absolute hateful rhetoric um, and then backing it up with policies while giving lip service to uh, to people who are outraged. So the way I see this playing out in the future 
is that if our if our nation keeps gaslighting us and telling us that we live in a representative democracy when it's very clear to all of us that we don't and uh, keeps propping up people in positions of power who have absolutely no business being there and then keeps turning around and clutching their pearls and having no idea how we got to this place while continuing to spend all of our tax dollars on the war machine instead of healthcare and education like literally every other developed nation does, um, then we can see this conflict uh, continuing indefinitely. And in a sense, I hate to be cynical, but um, the people who are profiting off of our conflict are going to keep profiting off of our conflict. And when I see politicians distancing themselves from this president, I see them doing it as a political game, uh, not out of any sense of integrity. When I see Dick Cheney's daughter um, speaking from any kind of moral high ground, no matter who she is speaking down to, um, I see that as, as a national gaslighting operation because we're currently <laughs> engaged in uh, two wars that not only her father, Dick Cheney, had a huge hand in perpetuating, but in which our incoming president, Joe Biden, was one of the biggest proponents of. So I see the only way forward as allowing ourselves to pull off the mask that was put on us since our growing up in this country or since we first started hearing about, you know, the United States being the land of the free and open our eyes to the fact that it's never been the land of the free. It's only been the land of the free white man with money. And um, if we can't confront that and start making actual changes, giving people money to go to school and to get health care, not allowing people to be exploited by corporations, both colors of politician do this, you know. And until that stops, we're going to see this uh, conflict continue, uh, no matter who the figurehead at the top is. I'm not even going to say his name because it's not about him. If it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. It was George W. Bush the last time, and I shudder to think of who it will be the next time, but it will be following one of the architects of the Iraq War, so I'm not hopeful. But I am interested in doing all the work I possibly can to create a better system for us to uh, rely on when this current one inevitably fails us. Also, in light of the USA Patriot Act that was passed shortly after 9-11 and the increasing emphasis on cracking down on our on our civil rights in this nation due to the looming threat of terrorism, I think we're really going to have to watch out to not be taken in by the inevitable fear mongering that's going to keep happening. And we need to make sure to speak out and not allow our rights to be further infringed upon in the name of fighting an enemy that our politicians are very well aware of and are continuing to embolden. Another thing we saw uh, was the police at the Capitol and certain lawmakers, not only in the crowd 
at the Capitol, but in other parts of the country, we saw some collusion and some cooperation. And we saw the police move out of the way for the terrorists to storm the Capitol. And I think it's really important for us all to keep in mind that what they were doing that day was signaling in many ways that this was a thing that would be allowed and that this was not the kind of action that the police were as an organization going to stop. We saw individual officers acting to stop the mob, but we all know what happens when uh, Black Lives Matter protests or any kind of human rights protest happens in DC. We saw the protests of George Floyd's killing be met with riot police and there was absolutely no way anybody was going to break through those lines to even touch the capital so for that to even happen we have to pay attention to the fact that there was cooperation and collusion and what we think of as law and order is not meant to protect most of us um, and it's definitely not meant to protect um, every political view equally that's right. All right, everyone. You are listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and online worldwide all the time at kpfa.org. Um, that was the voice you just heard of our special guest, Emily Yates. Emily is an Iraq War veteran and now a writer and editor for Veterans for Peace newspaper. She also hosts a podcast called What the Folk. Um, we will have all the links to connect with Emily. Uh, Emily Yates, her podcast, and her music on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. That's kpfaapprentice.org. And I think a lot was said in those two commentaries from Joy and from Emily, the history that goes back to the founding of what is known as the United States, what was done to the indigenous people of the land, um, what was done through slavery, and all the way up to the cooperation of the police and the government officials at the Capitol last week, the participation of retired and active duty police and military. This is not going away anytime soon. Almost 80 million people voted for Trump. And as you can see, the ones who still support him and believe in his lies after the attack are still out there. So I just take a heavy breath and try to get along, Joy, you know, and um, thanks again to you, Joy, and to Emily Yates for those words. And yes, I did say that Emily Yates is also a musician. She's a folk artist. And we're going to take a break with her song, When the Zombies Come Home. Well, the right side hates the left side And the left can't stand the right All our politicians seem to want to do is fight Back and forth we go about the way things ought to run We better hope we find some common ground Before the zombies come 
each of us will have to take a big deep breath and learn to work together or die a gruesome death zombies just can't tell between a blue brain and a red no politics don't mean a thing to the walking dead when the zombies come when the zombies come we all will be eaten alive we can't budge an inch to help each other Machetes at the ready, we could all stand side by side as all the zombie masses we dismember and divide in a show of unity like you've never seen. We'll decapitate those bastards as a team. When the zombies come, when the zombies come, we all will be eaten alive. We can't budge an inch to help each other while we're living. you can with me a best case situation humanity uniting to avoid annihilation if we quit our bitching at each other we'll have luck until the polar ice caps melt and then we're all still when the zombies come when the zombies come we all will be eaten alive we can't budge an inch to help each other while we're living so only the undead that's right the undead only the undead you heard me say undead only the undead cause we all will be undead only Wow. <laughs> Welcome back to Full Circle right here on kpfa.org. Or maybe you're listening on the radio at 94.1 FM KPFA. That song you just heard was When the Zombies Come. And it was written and performed by our last guest, Emily Yates, our fantastic guest. Oh, my gosh. These are the things we need to talk about. This is what we need to connect with, co communicate, and hear from each other. Don't forget to check out more of Emily's music at the end of the show on our website. Because we live in a virtual world where technology rules us. And if the thing doesn't do what we ask it to do, if the machine and the button we push doesn't work, sometimes the things we want to happen doesn't happen. So the information I was going to give you on how to connect with Emily's music uh, will be on our website later. At kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show, probably about 9 o'clock. Thank you, Frank. My loving partner. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you, Joy. So tonight we are talking about what happened last week at the Capitol, what it means for us going forward. And most importantly, how are we going to communicate now that we basically are in a civil war? And let's not, let's not 
pussyfoot around about it. I, I should I probably shouldn't put the cats in there. But we're fortunate tonight to have some guidance and some direction, hopefully. And we want to open up a dialogue in our community because personally, I believe that the only way we're ever going to be able to change, affect a change that's meaningful um, and leads us towards a true democracy. We have the words. We have the ideals. We have centuries of saying we're democracy, and we haven't been. But we know what it could look like. And so I think that we have a chance to do anything today. Let me not start wax on, but how are we going to communicate now that we are basically in a civil war? We're fortunate to be joined by Erica Pang, who teaches at UC Berkeley High School of Business. Her course of interpersonal skills and embodied leadership is one of the most popular of all the graduate MBA courses. Erica is also a leadership coach and consultant and founder of Erica Pang Connects. Sorry, my mouth is not working because I get really excited. Ah, In her work as leadership coach, professor, facilitator, sister, daughter, friend, she a friend especially, she empowers people with uh, concrete skills and an awareness that are essential for building and repairing meaningful connection across divides of misunderstanding and conflict involving social identity, power, and other dimensions of difference. And we will have conflict. Conflict. The issue is how do we deal with it? So Erica believes that central to this is being able to calm our own emotional reactivity so we can be present with witness and validate another person's experience. Erica is a longtime friend of mine and she has supported me through so many things, especially recently. And I welcome her here. Hi, Joy. So good How to are be you here, here with you. Can you? Yeah. I'm good. I'm well. Can you? Yeah, I can hear you. Thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. You know, we're doing a, this is the first time we've done um, uh, a live show since the, since the uh, shutdown, since the COVID. And so we're really experimenting. We're, we're challenged by it, but we're so happy that you could join us. Oh, of course. Of course. I'm happy to be here. So I was getting a little off topic there because I'm, I'm really... <sighs> emotional about things, and I am trying to follow your advice. Uh, tell us about your journey. How did you learn, or how are you learning? Because it is a journey that is never ending to make connections and 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 sharing that the skill and your experience with others. Um, sure, I'm happy to speak to that. I first want to mention. I want to make sure it's clear to folks that when I talk about leadership, I'm not only referring to people with a formal leadership role in an organization, because not everybody identifies with that. Um, in my work, I am compelled to empower all people to be leaders who can build meaningful connection and heal divides in their own personal lives and relationships. Um, and that does come from my own journey, which continues to be about seeking freedom from fear and judgments that keep us divided and polarized 
and disconnected from our shared humanity, which we are seeing play out over and over and over again in our communities, our country. Um, but my journey, um, you know, it begins growing up in Longmeadow, Massachusetts. Uh, my parents are immigrants from Taiwan, and I was the only Asian kid until I was about 12 years old when I got to middle school. And I did not experience much overt discrimination or bullying, but I got a clear message that I was different and, and that I wasn't cool. Um, and I desperately wanted to fit in and belong, which we all do as social, social beings. So I rejected everything about myself that was Chinese, and I convinced myself at a very early age that I was a white Jewish girl. Um, and on the outside, what it looked like was a lot of horrible home perms because I hated my straight hair um, and a lot of blue eyeliner to make my eyes look bigger. Mm. And, um, and on the inside, you know, I felt a lot of self-hate and blame and shame um, about who I was. Um, and, and it was pretty crippling. Um, so that's one piece of my, you know, disconnection. Um, the other piece of my journey is, you know, I'm the oldest daughter of Chinese immigrants and it's a common story, but I started college prep when I was three years old, when I started piano lessons, uh, I had my first recital on a stage when I was four years old and that kind of kept going until I skipped my senior year in high school and I went to college a year early. Um, so again, I had this outside persona of being a super achiever, uh, but on the inside, I was completely disconnected to who I was. And, you know, after a lifetime of pleasing other people, um, I had no idea what I wanted, what I enjoyed. Um, and I kept running after achievement, which was the only thing that I'd learned how to do that was calming my anxiety. So, um, and, I, and I know that's a common story for many people too. Um, so super achiever, uh, I transferred to Stanford University for my sophomore year. And uh, five months after I arrived to Stanford, which, you know, dream come true, um, I actually dropped out. Um, and part of the reason was, you know, I arrived to Stanford from Massachusetts. It was 1986, the height of multiculturalism. And people were welcoming me as if I was Chinese. And in my mind, I was a white Jewish girl. And it was bewildering to me. And it was, it was too much, actually. It was kind of like a big identity crisis. And I didn't really know what I needed. But nothing I was learning in my classes was helping me with how unhappy and, and paralyzed I was from um, like this imposter syndrome and social anxiety and, and low self-esteem. So uh, in desperation, I dropped out and I tried to find relief from the polarization and the disconnection that lived within myself. Um, so that began another journey. You know, you're talking about solutions. Um, it took over three decades. Um, but I'm grateful every day for the teachers and the traditions that have helped me transform my shame and polarization um, and self-hate 
to become comfortable in my own skin, uh, build meaningful connection and relationships that are that are anchored in my own self worth, and and to begin sharing actually with other people what's been most transformative to me. And that began about 15 years ago when I when I started working with leaders. Um, I was surprised by how so many also experienced these divides internally. Uh, you know, it wasn't about race or gender. Um, you know, all people that I was working with um, in their families, their relationships, their workplaces. Um, I think this was around the same time that you and I met. Um, so I think a really important blind spot to point out is this polarization and division it's been playing out in our, our lives you know from when time began um hundreds of years in this country and most of us spend many more hours learning how to drive a car than how to navigate emotional reactivity and relationship dynamics yes so Absolutely. um i mean it's kind of bewildering um so my focus is to empower people with concrete skills, right? Social, emotional skills and awareness about social identity, about intersectionality and power and trauma. Um, these skills that are essential for learning how to build meaningful connection across divides and conflict and misunderstanding and how to repair and rebuild connection. Um, because like, as you said, we, we have inevitable um, conflict and breakdown. It's just, it's human. Yes. So, um, and learning the how, right skills that. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just that these are the life skills that we really needed to learn in school to get through life. Um, yeah. but, but we, we're not learning them. And you know, I thank you, Erica. And you know what else we're not learning anything about constitutional law, our politics, democracy, how do you participate? There's nothing in our schools about it anymore. If there ever was, other than saying pledge allegiance to the flag. But thank you. Thank you for that. We're, we're really going to go through all of this. But quickly, I love you for t sharing with all of that. It was a lot in there. But we do want to open the phones in a minute. But really, really quickly, what advice? I know this is hard. We ain't got time. But what, what can you give all anyone or all of us just as a beginning uh, of how we can start going forward to reach a place where we can at least hear each other, whether we can understand and all that other things. But, you know, how do I how, how do we get to know your story like we heard tonight, just what you told us tonight? How do we be, or how are we able to make connections where we can learn about each other? What's the first thing that you would suggest we do as a people? Well, I would say there may be four things. You know, this is complex, right? Um, of course. So I'll, I'll try to distill it quickly. So one, it's really about becoming comfortable with emotions and expressing them. We react constantly and we think we're, you know, like these rational creatures, but we're constantly having emotional and physiological reactions. So, so one is, practice to become comfortable with them and be, be aware. Um, related, but the second thing 
what we don't learn in school is the neuroscience about our nervous system and how we are constantly scanning for threats and we're constantly in reactivity, whether we're aware of it or not. And this is shaping our behavior and how we react to other people and ourselves. Um, and when we don't realize it, you know, we can end up in behavior that's damaging, um, disruptive, yeah. violent, we're, you know, we see this. So in terms of solution, you know, being aware of our reactivity, being able to pause, um, listen deeply to ourselves and another person, um, you know, affirm and validate another person's experience, even though it might be different from ours, and even though it might be evoking fear or anger or judgment, um, this takes practice. We think we know how to do this, but we, we actually don't. Um, we normally, we've learned how to listen from our own point of view and our own benefit, as opposed to, you know, being able to pause that and really notice whatever reactivity is coming up with us, but still being able to be present um, and right. have space for, you know, somebody else. And the key word so, here is practice. It's not, it's not an end right. game, it's a journey. A journey never ends and practice never ends. You get better when you play tennis, when you play basketball, when you want to be a neuroscientist, whatever. You practice, 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 and that includes communication. And it all begins with yourself, being honest with yourself. Am I a racist? That's a good question. Am I not a racist? It starts with us. And if we're able to be honest in our communication with ourselves, that's the beginning practice of being honest with communication with other people. I love you and I appreciate you so much. I really do. Thank you so much for that. So can you give us that's some contact right. really can quickly? I oh, yeah, go ahead really quickly because we're going to get the phone calls if we can get a couple in. Go ahead. There was one thing I want to say. You mentioned, you know, racism. And the, the fourth thing I wanted to mention was, was about, again, what we don't learn in school is having a systems perspective. It is essential to understand how racism, sexism, all the isms that are reinforced by, you know, the systems and institutions, they live out in each of us. And we're not mm -hmm. to blame. We're not bad people. We mm -hmm. have unconsciously been socialized into these structures. Um, but the important thing to point out is we have the power to transform the polarization and conflict that's happening out there and in us by learning how to engage with each other, listen, witness, manage our reactivity in ways that enable us to, to build the connection, even in conflict and polarization. Especially so in conflict especially in conflict and polarization, making that connection. I thank you. Thank That's you. That's right. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Erica. Hold on. We're going to uh, get a hey. Frank, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. And um, maybe later, if we have time, I could ask her something too, because I was curious yeah. um, later about um, dealing with our friends that have been sucked into the conspiracy world, like QAnon and, these other conspiracies where we're losing our friends because they're, they're disappearing into these worlds, but we'll see if we have time for that after we get some calls coming in. So 
Um, let me give a quick another shout out to our guest, Erica Pang, who will stay with us um, while you out there make a connection with us because we are ready to take your calls. And we're very excited because, like Joy said, we haven't been live on the air since March um, last year because of the shelter in place we've been producing and sending in pre-recorded shows. So we're very excited to hopefully get you to join us and to share some of your feelings about what happened last week at the Capitol or what you think we can do to move forward from all this. Um, can we move forward from all this? Give us a call and share your thoughts. The number to call is one 800 958-9008. That's a toll-free number from anywhere in the United States. 1-800-958-9008. And we're going to take a short music break while we wait for you to call. I'll give out the number one more time. 1-800-958-9008. And we'll be right back. Call in now. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? 
Welcome back. We're going back to our host and we have callers. Okay. Excellent. So Welcome our first back. caller, okay, okay, our first caller is D from San Francisco. Welcome, D. Welcome to Full Circle. What do you have to share with us? Well, first of all, I'm glad you're talking about this because it feels uh, like it should be talked about a lot. <laughs> and I, I thought I heard an earlier conversation on KBFA about education and how it needs to just get in from very early on. Um, okay, my background is um, Latina European, so um, and I'm born and raised in San Francisco. And so I could go in both worlds. I could go into the Latina world and I could go into the uh people who could be considered white world and and just listen in but i couldn't stay in the white world well because it just was all about other you know othering people and it felt very very difficult especially with my own heritage and um i'm old now um i'm not that old but i'm old and it's just this bay area has been my bubble you know and so when I saw what was going on in the White House area, I wasn't really truly surprised. Uh, what I was surprised at was how it was just letting they were just letting it happen, and um, it, it just made me wonder. Um, my parents are no longer alive, so but if they had been, what would they have thought of immigrating here? Because both mm-hmm. of them were immigrants, mm-hmm. and like wow, this isn't the place you thought it was. You know, it's not. It's not the ideals that you guys thought you were walking into. One was uh, Jewish and one was Latino. So mm. they were both escaping poverty and persecution, and, and they came here, you know. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, it was just like not surprised, but, but just what's, what's, holding, what's holding back the police people. And then when you learn more about, well, they were probably in cahoots with it, then you go, mm. ah, yes, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's it. You're you're perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're making a perfect point. We've been taught we live in a democracy. It's a lie. At most, at best, it's an aspiration. It's been a democracy, as we said, for a few people, a few families. And so anyway, let's go to, thank you for that. Did you want to say anything or do you want to go to another call? Our next caller is Fred from San Francisco. Let's do it. Hey, Fred. Welcome. Hey, good afternoon. Good evening, Frank and Erica. Thanks for doing this. It's uh, much, much needed. The Pacific mission of helping all people develop broader perspectives is is really needed now. I'm concerned that we keep the network uh, solvent and alive. But um, to the point of the conversation, um, what we're seeing clearly is the white supremacist movement is alive and well. It's very strong and it's armed and emboldened. Not going to stop being that after Joe Biden starts being president. And my big question is how to enable a respectful and truly inclusive dialogue across this wide spectrum of beliefs and values. What, what I'm hoping will happen, and I want to make the point that the people who believe in conspiracy theories, most of the time there is a grain of truth that they are responding to. So, for example, when you talk about the pedophile ring in Washington, well, there was a guy named Jeffrey Epstein who was central to operating that for Republicans and Democrats. 
Well, so it's a, there, there is a grain of truth to that. Well, uh, it's just, just before we anyway, I'm distracted by that. My point is that everybody across the spectrum has their own grievances and their own little snippets of the truth. How do we get people to dialogue respectfully with each other? Definitely. That's uh, that's the hard part. And does uh, Erica want to take a stab at that before we go to our next caller? Sure. Um, I, I think it goes back to, again, building some basic skills that uh, set us up for being able to have those conversations. But we haven't learned them, and we throw people together hoping we can have a dialogue about diversity or difference. But, you know, there's a lot of pain and trauma involved in these conversations and emotions. And, and if we haven't practiced or learned together um, skills and ways to, you know, again, manage our reactivity listen deeply and witness it's you know that's kind of it's one reason why these conversations and a lot of diversity equity inclusion work has not been very successful um, we, we don't have the skills to, to be able to uh, be with each other as we're sharing our experience so maybe thank you for, this would be something that they maybe teach in the high school or junior high and middle school when we could um really no, no, use no. It. earlier than that Right, Man, definitely, yeah. Right now they phones <laughs> and computers. Let's try and squeeze in Marilyn from Aptos before. All right, we let's get one more call in. All right, Marilyn from Aptos, um, you're going to be our last caller. How are you doing thank tonight? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Enjoying listening to your program. Thank you so much. Um, we we've been um, taught um, a lot of things like to trust certain authorities that uh, we need to examine more carefully what they're doing. I heard the phrase about having a broader perspective and an inclusive dialogue. What I want to hear in the dialogue as well is um, my cat's getting in the conversation, um, is the problems with vaccines and adverse health effects that you can find out. I'm going to uh, suggest some websites so you can check it out. And I recall my own daughter having the DPT shot and getting quite sick. This was in 1969 when we were living in Berkeley, actually. So Sorry, children, we're going to have to wrap it, folks. Well, let me just say childrenshealthdefense.org is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s website, childrenshealthdefense.org. Thank you so much. You have brought us such a good point. Our kids are what we're talking about. I'm not going to be here very long, but my grandkids will be, and that's what all this is about. Thank you for that call. I appreciate it. Frank? And um, just a big shout-out to our guest, Erica Pang, tonight, because I think we are just about running out of time, and we're not in the studio, so we don't always have the, um, the visual cues that we usually have. Um, but I think that does bring us to the end of the show tonight. Check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for pictures, archive shows, and important links and information related to tonight's show. And check out our special guest. Um, oh, a big shout out to our special guest tonight, Erica Pang and Emily Yates. And maybe Erica, you could uh, yeah. you could give shoot joy. Contact. Give us some contact info. Well, first of all, let me just say. 
not only is Erica a good friend of mine, Erica is the one that was the first person in my life who started me on inner journey work. What we're talking about now is understanding that we're connected. Our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our amniotic systems, all of it is one thing. It's not separate. And learning how to internalize and get inside myself was begun for me with my relationship with Erica. And I just wanted to put that out there. Well, don't so, don't forget to check out um, our website. Let's get the con- uh, contact info for er- Erica in case uh, somebody wants to contact, contact well, her. I do do monthly deep listening sessions to build these skills and practice with people. Um, so my website is ericapangconnects.com and you can find information. It's called Connect Across Divides. Thank right. you. And um, like I said, we'll have a link to um, Erica's work and contacting her on our website, kpfaapprentice.org just after the show tonight. Thank you very much to our guest. Uh, the Full Circle crew tonight is executive producer and at the controls, Miss M. Joy Moore, my co-host, is also our production consultant. And I am Freewell and Franklin. I am also the technical director for this show, Full Circle. And I have also been the co-host tonight. Thanks, everyone, for listening tonight and for calling in. And reme- uh, please, everyone, remember to protect your health and your humanity. And and, and happy birthday, Martin Luther King. And we're going to go out with this song as a tribute. Miss M threw this song on um, for MLK. And don't forget to stay tuned because up next is the Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone. And a blurb about Eco Farm. Yes, and that. Good night, everyone. Hey, all lovers of the earth, Eco Farm is coming. And with all that's been going on, I am happy to announce that the 41st annual Eco Farm Conference, Reimagining Our Future, will be live online in collaboration with Sierra Harvest, January 20th through 23rd, featuring 50 plus workshops with topics including soil management, pest control, animals, crops, beneficials, business, labor issues, land regulations, equity, justice, food sovereignty, health, community, education, policy, and additionally 15 stellar keynote speakers, Spanish content, intensives, virtual expo, networking, affinity groups, special events, and more. Building upon its farmer-to-farmer education model, EcoFarm is an essential networking and educational hub for ecologically minded farmers, ranchers, and all who work to support their success in growing a healthy and just food system and world. Learn more and register at www.eco-farm.org forward slash conference. That's the 41st annual EcoFarm virtual conference, January 20 through 23rd. Register now. Scholarships are available. This event is a benefit for the Ecological Farming Association.